Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. And welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer with you at the home office back in the 630 Chad studios. Brendan Escott. This is Oilers Now. Want to mention Roos Chris Steakhouse is the greatest steak you've ever had. It's Edmonton owned and operated, and it's open Wednesdays through Sundays from 5 p.m. until close. You can head down to 9990 Jasper Avenue. Tell Brendan, Maggie, Taylor, and the staff at Roos Chris that Oilers Now sent you. 1233 in Edmonton. We are going to head off to our Oilers Now headliner for touchback safety, a family business taking care of your family during uncertain times. Training sessions still readily available. We welcome back to the show, courtesy of the River Creek, Resort and Casino. Our headliner today, Elliot Friedman. Hello, Elliot. How are you? Hey, Bob. How are you doing? You know, not bad. Not bad. It's a Friday. We're getting a little bit of news on, uh, uh, well, I don't know how much news we're getting, but uh, we'll get to that in a second. Just as a total aside, uh, completely self-indulgent here, but I opened up with the Tragically Hip today. So, yep. quite, and, and I do think, you know, there seems to be, I, I was surprised because Super 70 Sports a couple days ago uh, did a thing where they, they talked about the most annoying singer out there, a voice you just ate. I couldn't believe how many people didn't like Getty Lee from Rush. I found that surprising. What? I know. That's what I said. I was like, wow. Like, I thought, I, I know that there's a lot of people out there that don't like Nickelback. Okay. Uh, but. Converse that just becomes after a while. That just becomes like quote unquote the cool thing to say. I don't like Nickelback. Right, right. Because you know what, I've I've been to a couple Nickelback shows and I thought they were pretty good. Uh, now that said, uh, conversely, the Tragically Hip is they're kind of seen at a completely different level. Do you have? Uh, and we opened up with Cordelia. Uh, do you have a couple of favorite Tragically Hip songs, Elliot? That you really, you know, you're driving along and suddenly, boom, it comes on and you you let her rip. Nautical disaster is probably the one. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, they have so many great songs. I don't know how you could. It's like picking them between your children. But if yes. I had to pick one that's my favorite, uh, Nautical Disaster would be the one. How many t- over the years? How many times did you meet some of those guys in the band? Several times, actually, um, and you know, like I, I, I would, I, you know, I remember the first time I met Gord Downey, I was like awestruck. And don't forget, like I met them when they were younger and starting out, and uh, they would come to like our university and play the bars there and some of the smaller areas. And uh, I saw them open up for Rush at Maple Leaf Gardens when I was uh, my first year in college. Or university, I came home for that concert. So, I mean, for a lot of us of our generation, Bob, like we kind of grew up with them. Yeah. So there's also that attachment. I, I do remember the first time uh, I re- I met Downey. I was really I was kind of awestruck. Yeah, I, I told you the story. I, he was on our plane in '09. He, he knew Kevin Lowe uh, pretty well, and they were on Water Keepers together. Just an incredibly down-to-earth guy. And we ended up having him the next day on a show that at that time was called Oilers Lunch. And this was right as the Maple Leafs were in the process of acquiring uh, uh, Phil Kessel. 
And he mm. was pretty stoked about that because he was a big Phil Kessel fan. So even though we all know he's a, he had the connection, obviously, to Boston as well as a Bruins fan. But no, he's really uh, just a cool uh, cool dude. I know we're getting a lot of texts. I mean, again, there, there's a band that everybody sort of in Canada just loves. And I don't think the same thing can be said for Nickelback. And I didn't know that there was this U.S. hatred for Getty Lee from Rush. That surprised me. So That's unbelievable. I mean, Getty Lee, man, that guy is spectacular. Yeah. Uh, by the way, uh, do you know who was general manager of the Maple Leafs when they made the deal to acquire Phil Kessel from Boston and get, giving up a couple of first-round picks? The guy who was ranting on your show yesterday? I don't know if he was ranting. Come on. Uh, he made he made some people chuckle yesterday, though. So well, that's, that's what uh, he's there for. Yes. All right. So uh, we're, of course, talking about Brian Burke, who's brought to you every Thursday by Canadian Power Pack, one of Sportsnet's lead analysts, and we're joined by Sportsnet's lead insider, Elliot Friedman. So, Elliot, where are we at? What are you hearing right now up to the minute uh, regarding the NHL and the NHLPA that you haven't tweeted out in the last 30 seven minutes i don't think i've tweeted in the last 37 minutes so you're good like um so basically i'd heard that um they i didn't realize when i first woke up because i'm not like a morning person that it happened yesterday i I thought it happened over the past couple of days but it kind of happened uh yesterday um the league presented the players with uh two schedules 52 and 56 games i think the preference is 56 um from what I understand, the teams that didn't make the playoffs last year, they would report for training camp on December 28th. Um, yeah. The teams that did make the, tra- uh, the playoffs last year would report for camp on New Year's Day. Um, the season would start January 15th. Um, and, uh, you know, that's kind of where we're going and if they can get this done. Now, still to be... Um, you know, and I believe some teams have kind of hinted to them that they're going to get some clarity in the next few days. So they're really trying at this. They're grinding at this. You know, obviously, I don't, I don't think we really know yet what the story is with some of the financial questions. I had heard that the the, the realized the escrow thing was not going to work. I think there is a willingness from players to defer money, so I think that's going to happen. And uh, I think they're going to sort this out. I mean, the biggest question is going to be the the challenges that COVID is going to present and some maybe of the local markets is is going to represent. Yeah. Uh, Case in point, the state of California, obviously Santa Clara, uh, the 49ers, are they not playing their – they're actually going to a market that has higher positivity rates right now than the one that they're in. Yeah, but, but the thing is, it, it all depends on what they're willing to let you do there, right? Yes. So they're so, going to uh, Arizona. So I mean, you, to be honest, it wouldn't surprise me if the Sharks ended up in Arizona, too. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, Elliot, it, this is... There is uh, there's a couple other people sort of out there on the on the periphery. They're not as plugged in as you are, but they're suggesting like the the league's full board of play here, and the only thing that would hold it back would be the pandemic. Uh, can the money? I, I, I think so. You think so as well? Yeah, I, I believe that's true. I, like I've always believed, Bob, we're going to play. I think there's some owners who don't want to play, but I think there's I think the players want to play. I think the commissioner wants to play. I think there's owners who do want to play. Like I will tell you that I think that one of the reasons this these stories are getting out today, and even uh, is that 
I think there are people there who are whose responsibility is to sell the league and their teams and and the players who are like, you're killing us with this vacuum here. Like the NBA is starting up, the NFL's going. You know, there's a big trade in the NBA a couple of days ago. LeBron James and Anthony Davis re-signed with the Lakers, and we got nothing here. And I, and I think there's people inside who are like, we need some positive news. We need some buzz. And I, so I, like, I think the pressure is coming from all over. I think there, like I said, I think there's some owners who don't think this is a good idea, but I think there's other owners, and I think there's other people who work in the game um, who are like, we're killing ourselves here. Well, case in point, I mean, I don't know how much you can talk about this, but the last player signed as a free agent, not as a restricted free agent, but as a free agent, to a one-way deal in the NHL was Dominic Cahoon on November 2nd. The Oilers signed him, and I, you know, as you know, I can, I can talk, and I ran out of stuff to talk about Dominic Cahoon by about the 13th or 14th of November. I'm having a little... I'm impressed you lasted 12 days, Bob. That's good. I like that. Yeah, I looked at it from every possible advanced uh, analytical angle you could, and I thought, geez, uh, you know, that's a pretty uh, good uh, low-risk signing one year at under a million bucks. Represented by Jerry Johansson, by the way, uh, Elliot. Just took him on over the course of the last little while. Uh, Do we read anything? Uh, John Shannon reporting that Tyson Berry is switching agencies. Well, I saw CAA tweeted it out. Okay. They sent out a welcome to the CAA family, Tyson Berry. And what are your thoughts on that? Well, you know, I'd like it. Like, I think it's it's been tough for for Berry. Um, Like, it's like, I don't think, like, there's been a lot of this uh, over the last little while. Like a bunch of players have switched agents, um, you know, during COVID time for one thing. Um, guys have been squeezed. Uh, you know, Barry, it, it didn't go well for him last year in Toronto. He got squeezed because of it. Um, I, I was told that there, this was going to happen. You'd see quite a few guys. Like you look, Duclair decided to try it on his own. Um, you know, there have been other guys who've, uh, left their agents. Mark Scheifele switched agents, but that was more last season. Um, you know, I, I I think what's unusual, I think, is that tweet is a little bit unusual. I know some guys don't often do that. Um, usually reporters do it. But, um, you know, I think that I think it just shows, like, I could see a lot of guys wanting to make switches simply because the market has been so tough that they say I might want to try another approach. It, it, it happens more often than people think. Andreas Athanasiu, mm-hmm. uh, I think it's fair to say, we know he received an offer from the Oilers in and around $2 million on a one-year deal. Right now it doesn't look like he's going to get that from anybody. And just back to Mark Scheifele for a second. He finished 16th in the league in scoring this past year. He is currently the fifth highest paid player in the Winnipeg Jets. He's got four years left at $6.125 mm-hmm. Fifth highest paid player on the team, four years left. And last year he was on uh, pace for his third 80-plus point season. I mean, this guy, the, the Jets have got two guys in Connor and Scheifele. Like Connor's got six years left at seven. Point one four two million. Those guys mm-hmm. are bas- those guys are basically untouchable. It's interesting that Shifley's. So is, is Shifley? Un- oh yeah, I see what you're saying. Okay, yeah. Well, come on. If you're the Jets, you don't move those. No, two. no, no. no. I, I I understand. I, sorry. I, I 
Yeah. There's another way you could look at it, but now I see what you're saying. Okay. Yeah, like I, but, but, back, I mean, he's only halfway through his deal, so he can't renegotiate the, it's just interesting that he has, uh, switched agents at that time. Uh, so here's the deal, Elliot. Are we going to see, like, Berkey said yesterday he could see the cap being flat for the next, he said it could even be six or seven seasons. I think, I, I think, I think everybody expects that. Even before Bettman said it the other day, I think teams were bracing for that. Uh-huh. I like ever since the deal got signed, people were saying to me the cap might not move for the length of the deal. And so now I do think that I think that like Batman talked about gambling the other day. Um, you know that's interesting. I do think Bob that the jersey, the ads on the jersey thing, like not NASCAR it's com- style, but it's com- it's I, common. I think it. I think it's coming. I do. Um, so, like, I think, like, like the one thing that I, I, I do think is, you know, at times people have said, you know, the league doesn't grow revenues as much as it could because there's certain things it doesn't want to do, like ads on jerseys. I wouldn't be surprised if those days are over. Well, they're going to have to find ways to do. It. I mean, it's it's interesting too. I, I'm I mean, that's just looking ahead a bit here. David Pasternak's got three years left at six point six seven million. Nathan yep. McKinnon's got three years left at six point three million. Those guys are untouchables too for those organizations, right? You can't get them out of there. Those guys got great contracts, Elliot. Still there? Did we lose? No, I'm there. I'm listening. Oh, yeah. Okay, sorry. Uh, those guys got great contracts, but you wonder, is there a limit to what they're going to get in their next deals? Because they signed, uh, you know, in the case of, of, of Pasternak, he didn't sign an eight-year deal. He signed a six-year deal. And mm-hmm. is he maybe not going to get – I mean, they're basically performing like, you know, 10 or $11 million players over the last couple of years. Kind of feel for those guys a little bit. And, and will it even affect a guy like Nugent Hopkins? You know, I, I think I think Bob that the best players will get paid whatever they want to get paid. Okay. Like like you know well first of all I mean COVID's affecting all of us so everyone's going to take a bite like it's it's not like it can be avoided it's it just happens. Um, but the best play the best players will be paid whatever they want to get paid. Okay. That's the way it's going to be. You're, you're not going to screw around like if you're Colorado you're not screwing around with Nathan McKinnon. Like it, and the other thing too is the Avalanche have already made it very clear over the last two years that any negotiations they are going to do are going to be with Nathan McKinnon, Gabriel Landeskog, and now Kel McCarr in mind. Right. They know they have to deal with all that, and they did, like they made a huge offer for Panarin last year, but it was a short-term deal. I think it was a four-year deal. Right. And they simply said we can't go any further. So. Uh, like the, who's going to get squeezed? It's going to be the middle people. They're going to get squeezed, and you know it's 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 kind of like the way we're going. Like you know, like one thing, Bob. Like you know, when when we were, when we talked about Matthews and McDavid skating together, you know what the biggest question was? Are those guys going to work it so they're going to play together at some point? Now they're two years apart on their contracts. Matthews is up two years before McDavid is. So you could so you could see you could see Matthews coming to Edmonton then in a couple in three years time. Absolutely, I, I, yeah. I think that they'll be a great third and fourth line center combination. Yes, yes. Uh, no, but that's what people are wondering. Like, is like if 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 that does happen, where people are like, okay, we have to do some things certain ways. You know, are we gonna? Is it give them more impetus to pick where they're gonna do them? 
Yeah. Uh, by the way, our Tammy Panarin still has six years left, $11.642 million, uh, three straight 80 Yeah, he was points. worth every penny last year. He's almost single-handedly he, revived that team. Yeah, he, I mean, and wow, uh, what a unique situation there. So so here we go. Do you think, uh, so you're saying the escrows, the the end of the escrow, which is what the league tried to change the final three years of the escrow with the conversation that they had with the NHLPA, you don't think uh, that is going to be moving at all, but you do think there could be some play in terms of the deferral? Yeah, that's what I believe. Like, like I just think that if you want to, if you want, like this, this generation of players has said we've had enough of this, and we're going to punt it. We're going to punt it for the next generation. That's what we're doing. And I think the NHL knows if they want to change that, that's like, that's like we're not playing. They're not going to win that now. And so, my sense is they're moving away from that. But I know the deferral thing does have legs. I know there have been agents who've told players that you should be willing to consider this because, Bob, for example, you know, if they get paid this year, there's a 20% escrow on it, right? Yep. So if you're making a million, you're now at 800000 Right. If you wait to defer it for a few years, that drops down to ten and then six. So unless you really need the money right away, you should be willing to defer it because you know you'll get a big chunk of change coming and you know the percentage taken off it will be lower. So I could like if like I like I could see why the agents are saying to the players, you shouldn't have a problem with this unless you really have unless you really have a reason to need the money now. Elliot, uh, yeah, we had Hart. Uh, you, you know Hart Levine, right, from Puck PD. Yeah. He's been on the show a yeah. few times over the last yeah. few months. Hey, uh, just as an aside, are you hearing anything? Is it possible that the Tampa Bay Lightning solution when we return to play is actually a trade that involves well, Steven Stamkos, involving Steven Stamkos? I, I have reported that they asked him, and uh, I think he said no. Okay. Now, there's been some, you know, uh, now someone told me there was a report out of Russia that they were going to trade Tyler Johnson to Detroit for Zetterberg's LTIR. And, like, I'm not expecting either Julian Breeswell or Steve Eiserman to confirm this for me. Um, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, uh, the uh, the f- mega talented people that listen to the show have already started uh, put some memes out involving uh, Brian Burke's uh, labor law. Uh, my ass comment from yesterday's edition of Letters. Now I've ar- <laughs> I've already received one same. Elliot Friedman, Sportsnet, declares Austin Matthews third line center in Edmonton. Well, I joked that it was third and fourth line. Does that mean McDavid's the fourth line center? Ah, come on. <laughs> Don't play me like that, Elliot. All right. As I, said, as I said about Berkey in Toronto this morning, Berkey's the poison and I am the antidote. Well, that is, uh, you know, unfortunately, it's uh, going to have to get developed in the United States. Oh, wait, that's a conversation. <laughs> that's a conversation for another time. Hey, have a great weekend. Say hi to Max for me, okay, Elliot? 
All right, Bob, you have a great weekend, too. Yvette, that is Elliot Friedman from NHL Hockey and Rogers. Bob Stauffer, Brendan Escott with you. 12.52 in Edmonton. We'll give you a bit of a prospect update for James H. Brown. Uh, when we return, a reminder that we have, oh, I got a tough one today for you. I mean, a tough trivia question coming down the pipe at 125 for Greta Bar. Mark Spector is up at 105. We'll be back after this. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. And welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott with you. Hope you're having a fantastic Friday. Where are we going to go here? Well, we're going to get to a segment that is known as the Oilers Prospect Report. It is brought to you by James H. Brown, injury lawyers, Trent Brown, Jim Brown, the gang, James H. Brown want you to stay safe and stay positive. But remember, when accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. Back at the 630 Jed Studios, Brendan Escott. Take a peek at goaltending on Fridays. Olivier Rodriguez started really running away with the starter's job, it seems, with uh, Grazers in the Austrian League. Up to 10 starts now. He's got a 7-2 and record, a 3.37 goals against average, and a 9.04 save percentage. There was three goaltenders there, started the season, basically three starts apiece. And since then, it seems uh, Rodriguez has been the guy. Ilya Konovalov. Olov hasn't been the guy. He, in fact, has not played since November 19th when he came on in relief of Eddie Pasquale. He gave up two goals on 10 shots there. Overall, Konovalov 4-4-1 for Lokomotiv Yaroslav with uh, 2.19 goals against average and 9.27 save percentage there. Uh, Raphael Lavoie has been white hot. He had a goal and an assist yesterday in the Alsvenskin. His fourth point in his last two games. He's now got goals in four straight. Joe Kim Nygaard had a 2 point effort of his own for Farstad in the SHL yesterday too. <laughs> uh, Val from the high desert of northeast Colorado has reached me on my global account. It's the email account if you go to the 630 Gen website that's available. And he says, because I like you guys so much, I'll let you pay your vaccine bill by email. Vaccine bill, my ass, says uh, Val from the uh, high desert of northeast Colorado, referencing the comment made by Brian Burke on yesterday's show. Labor laws, my ass, I believe was the comment. You can text us at any time. We're talking about the tragically hip, and this text comes in out of Edmonton. Bob, fully, completely, is the most fully complete album ever. Every song is great. Most bands would have spread that stuff over three albums. And again, you can... uh, Texas at 780-496-0063. Keep bringing it. Keep texting us. IMAC. Uh, no, I'm not going to go to that one. Where was – there was one that kind of – okay, here we go. Out of uh, the 306, so out of the province of Saskatchewan, this texter says, if the NHL, hearing Elliot Friedman's comments, if the NHL goes to ads on jerseys, I will be done watching hockey for good. What? You're not going to watch hockey. If they put a little bit of uh, corporate partnership on the jerseys. Really? Okay. If you say so, that kind of, uh, I don't know, that, that surprises me a bit. I think most people would be would fundamentally understand it be surprised that the league waited as long as they did if they have to go down this path. Or we're going through a, a challenging time, which requires people to be creative. Um, yeah. Jeff says, Matthew's better than McDavid. My blank. 
from Jeff. <laughs> wow. We're having fun with this. That's awesome. It is 12.57 in Edmonton. We'll head off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. And when we come back in orders now for the horses and horse racing, Alberta, Mark Spector. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad.